but because God has chosen me to be able to benefit others. Yeah. And that's, that's, I think that blows my mind that's sometimes. So yeah. That blows my mind that God would choose yeah. little old me to have an impact on other people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. And then week two, we started to talk about um, how in maximizing our capacity for God is not just a spiritual thing, mm. but it's a body, soul, and spirit thing. It's all of us. It's every single part of me. What happens in my body affects my soul. What happens in my soul affects my spirit. And they all kind of go around. And little thing, what is the difference between the soul and the spirit? That's still a little bit of a funny question that people don't know how to answer. It's basically unseen stuff and seen stuff all interact together. And there you go. The whole point is that we bring all of us to God. And then week three, we talked about uh, creating rhythms of life that we need to have objective disciplines that we create in our lives, not subjective, not how do I feel in the moment, I do what I'm feeling, but rather we go, hey, now this is the time that I give to such and such, and we actually maximize our time when we know the rhythms that we set. And then we talked last week that sometimes talking about maximizing our capacity is all about doing and being productive. And we talked about how rest is part of that whole rhythm, that God has called us to rest because when we rest, that is how we do fruitful labor. That's what we discussed last week. And today we get the Nathan Beck special. Yes. So you get both of us today um, because today, so in, I guess, closing our series of maximizing our capacity, it would be an absolute failure on our part if we didn't talk about spiritual gifts, right? Because spiritual gifts are these amazing, incredible things that God has given us in order to build His kingdom. It's all about maximizing our capacity. These are incredible tools. So if you're here, you believe in Jesus, you've been born again, God has given you graces, gifts for you to actually use and utilize in order to build His kingdom. So it's all part of maximizing our capacity. And so today, as we look at spiritual gifts in the Word of God, we wanted to um, just share a little bit about what we've discovered on the journey in regards to spiritual gifts. So hence why both of us are up here. We're just sitting, chilling out here. So I don't feel so bad about my journey and how I failed and... I've added, no, I'm just What do you mean? <laughs> totally joking. What? <laughs> anyway, so that's what we're talking about today. But, you know, as you can see, we're pretty chill. Uh, and we want this to be a really practical session. Um, and we hope it's an encouraging one. Uh, but as part of this, we also just want to know what questions you might have about stuff. You know, especially in our uh, Pentecostal world, sometimes we talk about giftings. And you might have seen certain things that go a little bit weird and kooky. And, um, and, and we want to talk about it. We don't want to gloss over it and so uh, there's a number coming up on the screen. There you go. Send your questions to that number, which is literally right here. This is not pre-recorded. Um, if it buzzes and it, I lose my concentration, that's your fault. But please no silly text to distract us. That's yes. unhelpful. <laughs> no one is to ask about what happened to the dinosaurs. That's not a spiritual gift. No one's to ask about whether Adam and Eve had belly buttons. That's not a spiritual... I guess some people might say it is, but you know... But let's uh, first talk about spiritual gifts. What are spiritual yeah. gifts? And uh, one of the things that I think I want to just say straight up is that spiritual gifts are not yours. They come from the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that gives it to us. And really, if I were to title this conversation, it's not about maximizing my spiritual gifts, but it's really about stewarding the Holy Spirit's gifts to us. And I love that the Bible chooses to use the word gifts. 
That's something that the Bible chooses. That's what God has chosen. It's not a burden. It's not a spiritual burden. It is not a spiritual weight, even though sometimes it can be like that. But God's actually given us gifts for the whole body. And that is something that we all get to use. And I personally believe that the more we learn to develop and understand our giftings, the more it actually brings joy and delight and peace into our lives. Sometimes stress, sometimes other stuff, and we'll talk about that as well. But this is actually to maximize our lives, I, I believe. And, and I thought that we would just look at something uh, briefly in Romans 12, verses 3 to 8, and it says this, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. And that's really important. It says each according to the measure of faith, not that you have, but that God has assigned. God has actually assigned each of us a faith and a way to live. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given, given to us, let us use them. Each of us has been given a gift, and according to God's grace, you have a different gift, not one better than the other, but all of us have gifts, and what are we meant to do with it? Really simple. Let us use them. A prophecy in proportion with our faith, a service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Oh, (laughs) questions are coming in. And so we see in this that giftedness is not a badge of honor. It is not about, wow, look at my prophecy gift. Look at my healing gift. It is all about serving the body. It is all of it. And, and, and there are, as you can see on the screen, there are four different passages on spiritual gifts. Every single one of them talks about the body or serving other people. Gifts are not meant for personal accolades. It is not meant for personal glory. It is always done in the tea, in, in a sense of, sorry, I'm so distracted today. <laughs> Joe just put up a shirt with the word team and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> It is all, all about, it's like those like screens, you know, you just have to read out the words. It is all about the body of Christ. And so that's something that we have to see, that the gifts are given to the building up of the body. They're building up of people. And really, we can't even begin to know or discover, and I know we're going to touch on this, but I feel like it's appropriate there, but we can't even know really unless we give expression to a gift, right? Like, so if we don't use it and we keep it to ourselves, we don't really know if we have that gift or not. It's, yeah, yeah in the context of building up yeah. God's church. And, and the whole point is that in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, it says, to each is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Yeah. And so the whole point of this is in maximizing my capacity and understanding the gifts that God has given to me is that I get to serve a common good. Yeah. And, and I think in that way, when we're trying to define spiritual gifts, it is anything that actually builds other people up. Yeah. 
It really is. I mean, in the Bible, there are these four passages with different lists of different gifts, and I think that's great. And we can look at them and can go, oh yeah, they're all of these different things. But they don't, uh, those lists aren't necessarily exhaustive. I don't think that Paul was trying to say, hey, these are the 25 gifts that God has given to us. I think he was saying, these are gifts, and we can see them in operation. And when we have experienced someone using these gifts, we have been blessed. We have been built up. We have been edified. And that's the whole point of gifts. We get to use our gifts to build other people up. And it's the Holy Spirit that puts it on us. It's the Holy Spirit that, that, that helps us and designs us for it. Is it still my, my point? It's still my point. So I guess with all of that, what we have to think about is what does it actually mean to build up the body? Does it mean that, you know, if I've been given the gift of prophecy, that there is like a, a special room that we have for, if you need, I, I really feel I need prophecy today, let's go to the prophet's room, and then there will be like sweet incense, probably a couple of flags in the corner, you know, and, uh, uh, or something kind of kooky spiritual going on in there, and then you know, it's like, no, no, I, I need some solid teaching, and then there's like, there's like a classroom, there's a, there's a teacher's corner. No, I think that um, uh, what it means to, 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 to build up the body of Christ is to actually just using your perspective and your lens on life to actually go, how am I actually building other people up? Yeah. And, and so, for example, this example came to me, when, when we need to set up chairs in this room, someone had to do it. In fact, I did it this week. And, uh, and my gift is teaching primarily. And as I was putting out these chairs, guess what I was thinking about? People are going to sit there and they're going to hear me teach. And hopefully that teaching is going to build them up. Now, someone with maybe a pastoral gift is putting out that chair and they're thinking, someone's going to be loved by God today. Someone is going to be touched by the Holy Spirit today. Someone with prophecy is going, hmm, God's going to speak to that person today. Or maybe someone who's just hospitable, not just, but hospitable, is going like, how can I set this chair up so that they get the best ambience and the glory of the Lord will fall upon them and they'll be warm. This is the best warm spot. That is, (laughs) you know, I just think about that. I think the evangelist is like, come on, let's fill up every single one of these chairs and probably telling Pastor Nate, we need another 20 chairs because the Lord's going to bring. If we build an ark, they will come. (laughs) And every single is setting up a chair, but there isn't a specific gift of being able to place chairs, but we just do what we need to, to be able to set up a space where people can be served, can be blessed as best as possible. And I think that that's a, a big part of it. But at the same time, <laughs> someone didn't like that or really like that? <laughs> and the whole point is like, what am I doing to make myself available to serve the body of Christ? What kind of availability do I have? And different people have different seasons. Uh, for example, we've got a four-year-old and he's now a lot more independent. He's in kids' church. We can come in. We can sit, uh, sign him in to lift kids and we can do a lot of stuff. Two years ago, this was a lot harder. Yes, yeah, yeah. Two years ago, Beck would need to be with Sam a lot more. 
And that was the season of life that we were in. But there are different seasons, there's different availability. But what are you finding in your hands? What, what opportunities are there? Or what opportunities are you seeking out? I love that this week someone from this congregation got in touch with Beck and said, hey, I actually can do a little bit more. What can I do to serve in this? And I love that. That's the kind of conversations we want. As pastors, uh, one of the things that I think we sometimes struggle with is that we know that life is busy, we know that life gets full, and, and we don't want to make this an imposition on you to serve, but, uh, but when God is stirring on your heart and you come to us, it makes our job so much easier um, because that is, that is something that God's put on your heart. We know that and we can run with that, and that's, I think, really cool. Do you yeah, want to? So good. Um, and I think when we talk about building up the body of Christ, we really need to recognize that it's not just about the church, right? Because I mean, God's body is expressed in the local church, right? But there are gifts in there where evangelism. So it's sharing the gospel to people who haven't heard it before. And so the way that I like to see building up the body is, yes, strengthening the people in God's house, but also expanding the body so we're not just strengthening but we're actually growing larger and larger and that's where the gifts of evangelism even the gifts of mercy and things like that where we go out and we can empathize with people we can sit with people and really show the care and the love of Jesus but maybe to people who don't yet know him and so when it comes to these gifts it's not just exclusive to the church having expression inside you know during a Sunday gathering that's such a limited space, right? But God's given us gifts so that His grace may flow through us, so that people may encounter His, his love and know His family and His body. Um, and I just think, yeah, it'd just be terrible if we limited it to just this one space. But it's actually about strengthening His body and expanding and adding to it. So, yeah, wanted to. That is so add exciting, that in. isn't it? We basically, the whole point of gifts is that they serve people. Yeah. So, as long as you come in contact with a person, you, you, can, you can serve yeah. the person, yeah. and I think that's really important. So that leads us to the question, though, how do we actually develop, discover, yeah. and steward our gifts? We should probably put it the other way, discover, develop, yes. <laughs> and, and use our gifts. Yeah. And, um, and this is where we're just going to probably talk a little bit more about our story, um, personal examples and stuff like that, rather than something's necessarily found in the Word of God. I think the main thing is that you use your gifts, and that you get feedback about it, and, and you learn about it. And, and, you know, I think as a younger person, when I was going through, um, when, I, when I decided that I wanted to be a pastor one day, and I went to church, uh, uh, to my pastor, and said, you know, I'm going to volunteer, that was probably how I uh, really stewarded my gift. Uh, when I was um, starting uni, I went to Pastor Joel, my previous church, and I said, I'm in uni now, I can volunteer. Um, I think at one point I was volunteering two days a week just because I could, and I wanted to be in a space where I knew that my gifts would be used, and that was a part of it. I just wanted to be in a space where my gifts would find expression, and at that point, let me be honest, I did not know what my gifts were. I did not know for sure what I was going to be gifted in. In fact, back then, I thought that I was pastoral. 
I thought I was, gonna, I was studying psychology. I thought that I really loved working with people. Uh, uh, forward it 15, makes it sound like you don't. <laughs> no. Forward 15 years later, working with people is not something uh, that pastorally is yeah. not. And, and I have only since being put in different positions and trying different things out and exploring, I have discovered that teaching is actually my gift. And so when I sit with people and I counsel or uh, I pastor them, I find myself still teaching all the time. Yes. Yes. I, and lots of nodding heads because you've experienced that. I've sat down with Nate and I did not feel loved. I didn't feel cared for, but I felt taught. <laughs> and that's a, nat- that's a natural expression of my give. My, where my mind goes, where my perspective goes yeah. is to that. And over time, as uh, I've gotten feedback, hey, Nate, how you unpack that was really helpful, etc. And, and that's really helped me to understand that that's the teaching gift that, that I have. And, and little things that I learned a lot, I did another uh, quiz it was a secular quiz. It was called the Strengths Finder, and let me tell you, I was actually really disappointed with um, with with the results because my top strength. I wanted it to be leadership. I wanted it to be vision. I wanted it to be something fun. My top strength was learner. <laughs> Seriously, no, I can learn. Well, who can't? <laughs> like, how boring is that? And literally, I think I was only uh, early 20s at that point. I was like, oh, man, seriously, God? Like, you've gifted me with learning? But I've since discovered that it's actually quite an amazing gift. I can read something once, and I'll remember it. I don't have photographic It's incredible, especially when I sit next to him. Like, I think Molly um, described this morning, so the brain that sometimes you can have after having kids, it's like a sieve. I was like, yeah, that is absolutely it. He he reads and retains. I read and who knows? (laughs) Who knows where it goes? Let me just say that because I've got the gift of learning stuff, I cannot remember directions. Yeah, so if anyone asks me, yeah, yeah. No, I don't have a memory for it. But anyway, I think it's, it's, it's stewardship, is learning. Someone asked the question of what should I be asking maybe a discipler, mm-hmm. someone in, in my life? What kind of questions will help with that? Just say, what do you see in my life? Yes. Yeah. And don't just ask one person, ask a number of people. What do you see in my life? What, maybe ask a question like, when does it feel like I'm being really effective? Mm-hmm. Like, specially effective. Yeah. Um, I, I've learned and I, I've come to terms with the fact that, yeah, pastoral care is not really a great gift of mine. I can do the work, uh, but it's not as effective as Beck, who is more of the pastor. And that's all right. Um, and, and, and then it's serving in that area, asking for constant feedback in that. And I think that's, that's a big part of it. Yeah, so good. And I think um, just with that question as well that, um, yes, there's feedback you can ask of other people, but sometimes just take a step back and take inventory of your life. Who are the people you seem to attract to you? What are the Mm. conversations that you seem to be having? I remember um, when, so I was saved when I was 15 years old. That's when Jesus came and invaded my life and it was wonderful. Um, And it was kind of funny because it was like, it was a bit day and night with me, my, um, the change that sort of took place. So I went from being this really self-aware, insecure teenage girl to um, like just wanting to look after and 
um, get around different people in my year group, right? So I went from, you know, just really flying under the radar. I didn't want to be noticed. Like when boys took notice of me, I would like, oh my gosh, it was like the worst thing ever. I hated it so much. Um, and then when Jesus saved me, it was like I I became the person that wanted to care for other people. I wanted to go and have conversations with people I didn't know. I had a group of friends, but I was such a nomad at the same time because I just wanted to go and check in. It was just, how's everyone doing? Like, And it was really strange, but with hindsight, I could see that God was unwrapping that gift of pastor over my life even then. Like, I'd get into weird circumstances where I'd be given, like, a, a portfolio for our school where... Uh, I couldn't sing or anything, but I had the worship portfolio <laughs> for our school, like just being given responsibi responsibility for spiritual matters in the school. And then I'd find myself chatting with, you know, this girl crying in the girl's toilets and she's telling me everything about her life. And I'm giving her wisdom that I haven't lived. Like I'm the same age as her. I have no idea whether this is good advice or not, but it was this grace that had come upon me to pastor and to give wisdom and it was definitely a gift of the Spirit because like I said, same age, hadn't walked through those situations but um, I just found like I could take stock of, okay, these are the conversations I seem to be having regularly, the ones in the bathroom and like, you know, just going around checking and how people are going and that kind of thing and even though there's some teenagers in the room but I, I don't advise you to do this but when, <laughs> when that all happened, like, School and education and stuff, it was great. It, it was still a priority, but the bigger priority was the people in my class, whether they knew Jesus, how they were going with their walk with God. Um, and so God really just opened that over my life. And so that's how I could kind of see, that, oh, maybe there's pastoral gifts here because of the conversations I'm having, the people that I'm attracting to myself. Um, but more recently, I've been paying attention to how I think and I feel in different situations. So um, as Nate said, you know, like when he sits with someone, they feel taught. Um, but... Like when I sit with people, I'm often thinking, how can I help them practically? Or how can I help them to understand that they're not alone? And so the way that I'm thinking about these situations just sheds light on, okay, there's a gift of mercy there. I'm wanting to be there for the person. Again, there's a pastoral gift there. Um, you know, there's a gift of helps. That's actually a gift, did you know? A gift of helps where I'm like, okay, practically, how can we come around them? How can we show support? And so it's what you're thinking as you're sitting with people as well um, that could really shed light on how God has wired you, what gifts he's given you. So, yeah. Another thing that I think is really helpful is that um, Paul tells Timothy to fan into the flame the gifts yeah. that you receive through prophecy. Yeah. And so for some of you, as you're going through life and um, as a church, we get opportunities to be prayed for and sometimes words will be given yeah. to help yeah. you understand how you've been wired. Yeah. Just recently, a few months ago, we had um, uh, a prophet come, um, uh, his name is Gary Morgan, and he prayed over us and he prayed over me uh, and he said, um, without knowing me, I've never met this guy before, he said, you've got a keen mind and you've got an open heart. Yeah. It's like, it's like you've got this hyperlink and you're going to be able to teach people both from the head and from the heart. And I was like, I was bawling my eyes out because yeah. God was doing something. But that's the kind of stuff. Look back at words that have been spoken over you. As a church, we, do, we practice that to, for you to understand, hey, uh, this is what God's calling out on you yeah. as well. And then it tells you from there to fan in the flame. Yes. And that's something yeah. that I think
think is um, something quite hard for some of us when we are taking that first step in the gifting that we believe that God's given to us. It feels like a risk, doesn't it? Yeah. It feels like you're taking a step into the unknown, and that is a necessary step. It is important that you try things out, and honestly, you will fail even doing the things that you think you're gifted for. Yeah. That's a part of the process. And I think a part of failing in the gift is sometimes because God's telling you, it's my gift, not yours. You don't get to choose when to turn it on and off. <laughs> you don't get to choose the result of what you're doing. You're simply being a steward. Um, but when you are stewarding the gift, the long-term picture is that there is going to be significant uh, uh, fruit in that. So... Yeah, I think um, just with that, like that whole fear of failure, the thing is, is when we step out in order to love, because again, when we look at those scriptures that we put up before, the context is always love. It's love for the body of Christ. And so if we just have a heart to love people, then what's the worst that could happen? You step out, you try to give someone a word of knowledge or a prophetic word or, or try help them with something. The, the worst thing that could happen is that they work, walk away feeling like you cared, feeling like you, they were loved. So I just think low stakes, real low stakes when it comes to training and testing our spiritual gifts. Yeah. Absolutely. And so if there is a fear of stepping into something, I wonder whether a part of it is that it, you know that you're meant to be going down a certain path and you're not sure about it. And I think a part of it is as well that every gift has what you might call strengths and weaknesses. Um, some of the uh, ways that I think about is that every gift has an effectiveness but also has a shadow side. Because I think the gift isn't like, it's, it's, not, it's not like here's the gift and you hold a gift as something separate to you. I think the gift is actually wired into you as a person. And so, like I said, as uh, understanding my teaching gift, I see the ability uh, or the opportunity to teach everywhere I go. One of my roles with the uh, ACC State Executive is that I uh, run the credentialing team. And when I sit in that credentialing room with people coming in for their credentials, <laughs> I have to evaluate, I have to discern whether this person should receive their credential, but there's something in me always wanting to teach them something. <laughs> Not because I'm better than them, but I know that that teaching is part of the encouragement yeah. for them to continue on their journey. So I've sat with some young people and I said, you need to study more because God's given you a gift to be able to teach. I've sat with people and I tried to help them understand there have been some people who have the pastoral gift and have felt discouraged because of things that have happened to them. And I want to sit there, I want to help them understand, but that teaching gift permeates every part of my life. It permeates my fatherhood. When I was Sam, I loved teaching him stuff. I love playing with him, but in the midst of playing, I'm like, what can you learn about this? Sonny Jim, you are going to be the best kid because that's going to teach you. And that's a part of it. And, and a number of people have texted in about the whole idea of what if my gift doesn't have a natural expression in my workplace? Mm. And that's a big question that you're going to have to ask yourself. Is this current season one of simply learning and understanding your gift um, and, and just developing? There were many times, in fact, most of the first few years that I volunteered at my previous church, it wasn't in my best gift yeah. spot. In fact, it was in the other areas of my life. I looked after flipping building management. I had a psychology degree, and what did my pastor say? We need you to change light bulbs. 
I was like, God, you got me in the wrong spot. <laughs> I'm not technical like that. I hate kind of pulling things apart. It's like, if it works, don't touch it. And now it's like, oh, Nate, first thing you do when you come in on Tuesday morning is check that all the lights work. I'm like, God. And there are seasons where maybe there's a hiddenness um, to what we are doing, that God mm-hmm. is still, what did I do in that season? Well, as a teacher, I could read, right? Mm-hmm. I could continue to learn. I could continue to grow. And yeah. so there are seasons of hiddenness, but you need yeah. to still keep in mind, God, what are you calling me towards? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and at the same time, the gift doesn't necessarily need to be the first thing on the list. Yeah. Um, maybe you, you, you just, mm-hmm. I love showing hospitality, well, show hospitality to whoever you have on the team. That is still an amazing gift. And God also calls us to all do the work of the evangelist. And so if you're in a workplace, do the work of the evangelist and see what God does. See how God uh, helps you with that. But I was actually talking about the shadow side, and that's something that's really important. Do you want to talk about it? Um, I just wanted to jump in there um, about character growth. So I think the seat of which our spiritual gifts sit in is our character. And so sometimes in those seasons of, you know, God's called you to a place, but you kind of can't yeah, that, there's not that natural expression, I guess, of your gift. Sometimes it's for character development. So that when that gift is, well, you're in a position to use that gift a bit more and express that, that it's tethered to this character that's rock solid. Um, it's a huge thing. And I think sometimes we can see in our Christian world how people are incredible with the spiritual gifts, but the character is flawed and generally that doesn't end well um, for themselves and sometimes for the churches they're in, sometimes for the people that are around their lives Um, and so that character growth is so, so important as well. Um, But yeah, the shadow side, are we talking about that? I think my my thoughts are coming together. Yeah, yeah. Let me just say that where your perspective is, there will be other perspectives that don't align with you as much and so sometimes there will be a shadow side. I remember as I was discovering yes. my teaching gift at my previous church, and I was probably the main one with that gift. And I was getting, it was early days, I was so excited with things I was reading, and everything that I was reading, I was saying to the team, we need to do this, we need to do this, we need to do this, because I was learning and I wanted to implement. This is so important, this is so important. And I remember my pastor pulling me aside and said, Nate, that's, that's important, but we've got different gifts and different perspectives that all hold each other together. And so part of the shadow side of yeah. your gift is, is that it's balanced in the body of Christ. Yes. You're not meant to go off and just be whoever you're called to be. You're called to be a part, a member of the body. Yeah. But then you learn that when someone comes and speaks to you about a situation, they've got a completely different point of view, and you don't agree with it, maybe it's because they've got a different gift to you and therefore a different perspective. And we can learn and we can grow from each other. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that that's exactly what we need. We need that togetherness. Um, I love that illustration or that example, sorry, that you shared. You needed the gifted leader to actually say, hang on, Nate, yep, we're going to find expression for that. But the leader was able to say, but this is everything that we're working with. And so that's an example of how we can really complement each other. And I think what Nate and I have found in our journey when we sit with people, and so, um, yes, that's to do with our work, but sometimes it's just having people in our home as well, where Nate, who is naturally gifted with teaching, but I'm more so more the pastor and the mercy kind of gift that we actually complement each other 
other well. Um, and Beck also has a gift of giving, which I don't have. I do, and that's something we're still working on. <laughs> 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 Complimenting. So <laughs> Beck, no, Beck doesn't good. get the budgets. That's, no, I that's do. the shadow side of her gift. <laughs> as in like, no, no, you don't get to work on the budgets. <laughs> No, I get the budget and sometimes I get frustrated with the budget, but that's okay. <laughs> that's that's my thing to bear. Um, but yeah, absolutely. That's actually a really great example, right? Like if we didn't have Nate's gift of administration in our family life, um, we'd probably have very little furniture. We'd have little... You know, oh, we'd have too like, much furniture. Yeah, you can have this. That's fine. Um, but you know, so that's... We've <laughs> learned to work with each other's gifts and strengths a little bit more. Um, so yeah. But just a note, I guess, on that shadow side, what um, I guess I've been learning is that, um, so with the pastoral gift, for example, sometimes the shadow side is that you invest in people, you love people, and then something kind of happens and you take on the heartache with that, right? You take on the burden and all of that. Um, And, you know, sometimes that's gotten me to places of like, I really probably don't have the gift because it feels crushing, right? It feels so disappointing and discouraging, but actually... Having time with God, he was able to say, well, actually, no, you do. And that's the shadow side. That's kind of the other side of having these kinds of gifts. You you take on, I guess, the burden with it as well. But thanks be to God that we have access to his presence, that whenever we are experiencing the shadow side of our spiritual gifts, we can come to God and receive that refreshment. Um, and I know time and time again, that's absolutely what I need um, in, in working with people and having the joy of working with people. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah, yeah so there'll be certain it. frustrations that come with every gift. Yeah. Yeah. And so the pastor obviously will be frustrated more with people um, personally, because that's how they invest. As a teacher, I get really frustrated when someone just doesn't seem to understand or put into place what um, has been spoken about and understood. You know, the evangelist probably gets a little bit frustrated when they don't get the person across the line. I'm, I don't have that gift, so I'm kind of guessing a little <laughs> bit. Um, you know, that every gift is going to have a frustration that is quite innate to you, and that's cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the encouragement yeah. is don't write yourself off in terms of that gift. God still wants to use that, and this is all part of the training, I think. Yeah. And coming back to Him and being like, God, this is your gift. Teach me how to steward it. I know you give me grace to use it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and that's where the body is really important. You can learn from each other. Yeah. You can kind of go, How is that? And actually ask. Humility is a massive part of how we grow our gifts. Um, some other person has asked a couple of different questions about. We'll come back to that. For the persons asked about the shadow side of gifts, have we explained it enough? You can always text back if you want a bit more. Um, someone has asked about, um, yeah, whether we can lose gifts and whether God's adding new gifts to us, etc. And my understanding of this is, is that I think that our gifts are actually wired into us, and that's why the psalmist says that you knit me together in my mother's womb. I think the prophecy and all of that is not so much placing something in you as much as is calling out something that is actually already in you. I, I think that that is 
why it's so wide into our perspectives, it's so wide into our experiences, it's so wide into uh, our reactions even, into what is going on in the world. And I think that that is something um, that, I don't know if the question is whether we should ask for new gifts, but if God is stirring in you and say, I would really like to um, uh, be able to operate in that gift, maybe God's putting a desire in you. Let, let me put it this way. There are... Um, there are some people, um, uh, there was an example that came up recently um, where someone was talking about a certain thing and it was so amazing, etc. And, and I could see how beneficial it was, but it didn't resound with me personally. I was like, awesome that someone is doing this in the body of Christ. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, that's not for me. <laughs> Whereas when someone talks about teaching um, stuff, uh, when someone really unpacks the Word of God, there's something in me that's just like, oh, this is so amazing. Like, I can cry. <laughs> and really good teaching. And it's like, you're so weird. <laughs> and there are certain things that just resound in me, and maybe that's because what's happening there is, is in sync with what's going on in here, and that's why it's resounding. There is this syncing up. And so my, my thought is, maybe explore it. Why not? Yeah. Ask someone about it and talk to me. You can talk to your uh, disciple. You can talk to your lift group leader. You can say, hey, God's really been putting this in my life. How do I lean into that? Yeah. Whether you can lose it or not, again, I think it's just part of your, 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 your design. Mm -hmm. So I don't think God actually removes it, but it's whether you steward it and it's whether you grow it. God's given you the seed, and if you don't nurture it, it's going to be like a little yeah. sapling or even just a seed that yeah. does nothing. Yeah. I think um, an important part of growing in our spiritual gifts is also growing in our faith. It's like it works in tandem, right? Um, I wanted to uh, find the scripture to share with you. But um, essentially, it's about how... Where is it? No, I can't find it. Um, but that, you know, it's according to our grace, right? And so as we um, fill our lives with, because we're talking about nurturing the seed, as we fill our lives with testimony and with the Word of God and just experiences, getting around people with experiences of God who um, may, I guess, experience these different gifts into practice, it's going to add to our faith. Like I think about... Um, you know, there was a time where I prayed for a student on the university campus and her headache left immediately. I was like, right, I've got faith to pray for headaches because I've seen that happen, like God has relieved her. Amazing. And so I can get around people who then are praying for cancer to be removed. I can pray, I can get around people who are praying, you know, for um, marriages to be healed. I can get around people praying for things that are bigger, maybe than a headache. Um, and then that's adding to my faith. That's nurturing that seed in me. And then I'm going to start stepping out, right? And trying, okay, I've heard that God heals cancer. Great. I want to pray for someone who has cancer and I want to believe that God can do that too and so as we grow in our faith and our experiences of what God can do because God can do the impossible amen that necessarily interacts with our gift and what we can how we can grow it and what we can believe for as well yeah another little question that a really important question I think we're gonna kind of wrap up around this thought 
and, and we'll get the band up shortly. Um, but someone's asked about holding that passion, can, uh, gaining passion um, and operate, while operating the gift and avoiding discouragement. And that's a, that's a massive, it's a massive, massive question. And a book that I've been reading is by Angela Duckworth, it's called Grit, has really kind of helped me uncover some of this, this understanding of passion. See, passion is something not that you either have or you don't, but it's something that you cultivate. And that's something that's really important. Um, what she's found is that people who um, hold their interest, discipline their interest, and hold it in a certain direction for a longer time, for a, for a long time, that's when they find effectiveness in that particular talent. And so you can get equally talented equally naturally gifted musicians, for example, but those that actually hold an interest and continue to practice and continue to find new things about that particular uh, thing, uh, those are the people that actually go on to become virtuoso uh, musicians, but those that, uh, oh, my passion is waning in this, and then they move on to another thing, and they start with the bang, but then it kind of dies off, and then they move on to the next thing, those people never actually master anything uh, significant, even though they could be more naturally talented than other people. And that, for me, learning that research is huge. You see, I think sometimes we think that what God has given to me is going to always click with me. No, that's not the case. There, there was frustration on part of many of the people that you read in the Word of God. I mean, we even quoted Paul. Paul was saying, guys, I've been with you. It's better for me to be with Jesus. <laughs> Just putting it out there. It's like, you guys are kind of all right, but Jesus, oh, take me home, Lord. But it's necessary. Yeah. He understood that the purpose of his gift wasn't to feel good. Yes. It wasn't yes. to feel, um, but there was that sense of, man, God, you are doing something, and I need yeah. to keep doing this. Yeah. And so, like, dive deeper into it. And maybe this is the teacher talking, but that's what Duckworth says in her, in, in, in her book. She says that you, you, you learn to find a nuance in things. For example, when I go to an art museum, it's boring. Like, seriously. I'm, like, looking at it and it's like, and that's worth $3 million? Sure. In someone else's book. Why? Because I haven't dived into the nuance of art. I haven't learned about why that particular brushstroke or that particular color or that particular style and how they develop their style. I don't get it. I can look at it and say, that looks nice. I can get it for 10 bucks at Kmart. <laughs> and I, it, but if you are interested in that art, you start to dive into the history of art. You start to dive into how those colors were developed. You, you start to dive into how the, the style is developed. You dive into the nuance and your interest continues to grow. And I think that's why it's so important with gifts that we continue to find ways to find expression for it. Because if we don't, we kind of go, well, I tried that 20 years ago. And that one person got hurt by it. And let me say, I've said stuff from a pulpit that has hurt people. I have prayed over people and they've left the church. I have done things that haven't resulted in, in the outcomes that I've wanted. And I could have taken that as, that's on me. But God says that He's the one that builds the church. He's the one that brings the growth. 
I'm the one that is just simply stewarding. <laughs> that's, that's all that it is. So what does stewardship look like? God, you've put this on my heart. I'm going to keep pushing into it. Discouragement will come, 100%. Failures will come. It's, it's a guarantee. But your stewardship is about getting back up again and saying, God, you've put this on my heart. I want to be faithful in what you've given to me. And just sometimes it's more about obedience than passion. And I love that Eugene Peterson, um, and he's like a, he's known as a pastor's pastor. He's written many wonderful books, including the message um, translation. And he says that our Christianity is about a long obedience in the same direction. It's not about falling more and more in love with Jesus every day. So every time someone says Jesus, I start crying. (laughs) Yeah, like that doesn't happen every day. Like. Sometimes people say the name Jesus, I'm like, all right, <laughs> I'll worship you, I guess. And another day, it's like today I found it like, so easy. oh, those, those words were just hitting home today. It was nice, it was wonderful. It's, yeah. it's, it's worth bottling those moments, but there's some days that it's just going to be a long obedience yeah. in the same direction. Yeah. Now, church, God has gifted each and every single person. Mm-hmm. And we want to talk about this not as a come on, do your work, but more of like you're actually going to find expression or how God's wired you. I think as well, if we realize that we are stewarding our gifts to build up the body, then we can also come to one another when we are discouraged, right? It's not just about what positive stuff can I add to this space. It's also about, hey, I'm actually doing it tough right now Um, with whatever it is, but specifically about spiritual gifts. We're here as family to get around each other, right? To encourage one another. Maybe if you're struggling in your gift of teaching or whatever, get around someone who has a gift of encouragement who might be doing well, you know <laughs> what I mean? go find like, someone a gift of teaching. I was like, really? <laughs> might not be there. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, you could do that, right? And just, like, ask for mentoring or whatever it is, like, just wisdom in that. Um, but, yeah, just we're not here to just, um, I guess, always add the positive stuff. We're here to carry each other's burdens as well. I guess that's the other side of this, yeah. If we can get the band up this morning, I thought that how we can end, actually... Before we fully end, there's, um, there's a QR code um, thing. Yes. We found a spiritual gift survey. It's 125 questions long, so it's quite long. <laughs> long obedience. <laughs> long it's obedience. It's a good practice of that, yeah. <laughs> in the same survey. Um, it will take you a while. It took me a while, yeah. maybe 15 minutes, and it will spit out this. Um, it will email you the results, and it will, it, it's not... It's not fully set up to tell you exactly what's going to happen, but uh, you can talk to us about that after. Talk to, talk to your disciple and talk to someone and say, hey, the results are showing this, what do you think? And, and talk it through. That's, that's a step that you can take as well. Uh, but this, e- this evening, gosh, we've talked for so long, Beck. We've talked for seven hours. Um, this morning, I really felt that I wanted to pray. And with that text message, I just felt like it's confirmed. I think that we want to pray for those who are discouraged in your gift, who are discouraged in your journey. And you send and say, come on, God. <laughs> like, I, I need to get some wins. Yeah, yeah. Because if I don't get any wins, uh, I don't know if I can keep going. Yeah. And I really sense that there's a, there's a grief in people's hearts. I just really, really want to serve. I just don't know how to keep going. And if that is you, we'll love to pray with you. We'll love to encourage you. And we'll love to see what God is saying. The other group of people that I want to pray for, or we want to pray for, are those that are going, I don't know if I'm actually gifted. 
I don't know what God's given to me. And I'm really struggling with that. If that's you, we'd love to pray with you. Like we mentioned, prophecy is something that helps you discover uh, the gifts that God has put in your life. And so we'd love to just pray with you and, 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 and to um, see what God does. And so those are the two groups of people that want to pray. Do you want to pray for anyone else? All right. Teacher has covered it. I thought the pastor would say, can we just pray for everyone, Nate? No? All right, you can bless the people. All right, my pleasure. Jesus, we thank you so much that we are your body, that we are an extension of you, our head. God, it's such a privilege, such a privilege to serve you, Lord. And so, God, I just pray your blessing upon every person here, Lord. May they know you. God, may they be encouraged in the gifts that you've placed on their life. And God, I pray that as we work with you, Lord, by your grace that you give, Lord, I thank you that we will build up your church, God, that we will see your church shine bright as you've called her to, Lord. God, I thank you that every person plays a part. We just pray for encouragement in their hearts as they go out today. And Jesus, I just pray that you'd visit people as they go about their week. Help them, Lord, in those moments to identify the gifts as they're at work. God, wherever places they felt lost in that expression, Lord, I thank you that you're going to speak to them, you're going to encourage them, Lord, and you're going to lead them, you're going to teach and train them, God, and how to steward that gift for your glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. Follow us on Instagram at The Live Church or on Facebook at Live Church Perth. That will give you all the up-to-date information about what's happening in the life of our church. Thanks again for listening. God bless.